A warm welcome to our Mount Zion Church family and to others who are watching our online service. During a time of prayer about two weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me through these verses from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 16 to 18. And they're simple but powerful and I believe very relevant to this time of shutdown we're experiencing with the coronavirus. These verses are a part of an, an exhortation that Paul gave to the Thessalonian believers at the end of his first letter to them. It was a church that had been established in three Sabbath days, uh, three weeks, uh, when a great multitude of devout Greeks, as well as some Jews, believed. The unbelieving Jews were full of envy and stirred up the people, and the city was in an uproar. Therefore the brethren sent Paul and Silas on their way to Berea, Acts chapter 17. This letter to the Thessalonians was written by Paul to this new church from Corinth. From, the, from this young church, the word of God sounded out to all in Greece. Paul concludes his letter to them with various exhortations, including these three verses in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. <clears throat> so the first one, rejoice always. Here in this verse, Paul is exhorting these new believers in Thessalonica to rejoice always. Not just in the good times when things are going well, but in the tough times, the difficult times, the lonely times, the times of great trials and stress, like losing our job, as so many thousands have experienced you know, all over America and the world with the coronavirus pandemic. Here Paul commands them, and he says, rejoice always. So it was something they were able to do by the grace of God. To rejoice is a decision of our will, and it's also an attitude. It is our responsibility to rejoice in all circumstances. As we do rejoice in all circumstances, it will lead to joy. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is divine and something only God can produce. So the way to joy is through rejoicing. And this is beautifully illustrated in Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas, they were on their second missionary journey, they came to Philippi, there they were preaching the gospel, they were falsely accused, they ended up being beaten and then cast into the inner prison with their feet and stocks. And uh, blood would have been all over their back and bruised and hurt and wounded. And an injustice? Yes. But what did they do? They rejoiced and they sang praises to God. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And after they did that, there was an earthquake. The prison doors opened up. Their chains fell off. And shortly afterwards, the prison keeper, he cries out, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And he was saved. His family was saved. They all got baptized that same night. And... The result was that a church was started in the city of Philippi. Oh, the tremendous power that there is 
as we rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. In Philippians 4 and verse 4, we read another amazing verse, and it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And this epistle was written by Paul. He was in prison when he wrote it. He was in prison in Rome. And Paul knew, he knew the joy of the Lord to be his strength, even in the most difficult and confining situations in life, like being physically chained to a rotating number of coarse Roman soldiers. Here he is, encouraging the Philippian believers to rejoice. And as we learn to rejoice continually, it brings strength to our whole being and enables us to triumph in all circumstances. God would never ask us to do something that is impossible to do. I mean, you don't ask a five-year-old to lift a, lift a weight of 100 pounds. But if we always rejoice, we will be emotionally healthy. Uh, it, it will be like vitamins to our soul. Now, it is true, it is not easy to rejoice and keep a good attitude when we're facing trials, problems, difficulties. We need the grace of God. And the grace of God is available to each one of us. It has been said that life is about 10% what happens to you and about 90% how you respond to what happens. In Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, it tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when we rejoice in difficulties, we touch the heart of God and we receive strength, even physical strength, by rejoicing. Many years ago, uh, together with our family, we were on our way to the States, America, for the first time, and our children were young. And on the way, we, I'd been invited to preach in Fiji Islands. And first night, we arrived, and the pastor took us out for a meal, and we came back. We came back to the hotel room we were staying. I got the key, I opened the door, and our room was just in a complete mess, and we'd been robbed and so many things we had had been stolen. And a thief had climbed up the drain pipe and he had a huge, huge screwdriver which he left behind. He forced the window open. He came in and stole, you know, money and clothes and a leather jacket and shoes and our kids' toys and so many things. And, you know, at that time, when I opened the door and saw what had happened, my heart just sank. And in my heart, you know, I was complaining. I was murmuring. I was saying, Lord, we've served you, served you in India all these years. And Lord, you know, why has this happened to us? You could have stopped it. And I was, I was really, really complaining, murmuring against the Lord. And, and just suddenly, in a moment of time, God quickened the scripture, Hebrews 10, 34, to me. And that scripture says, it says, rejoice in the spoiling or the plundering of your goods. And uh, in other words, your things are stolen. And it says to rejoice. It was the last thing I felt like doing. But I knew God had spoken so clearly. 
And I said to my wife and our kids who were, they were young, they were crying and things, they'd lost things. And I said, let's just rejoice before the Lord. Let's give thanks to the Lord and rejoice in him. And so we, we gathered together. I think we sang something. We, 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 we rejoiced. We gave thanks. And we said, thank you, Lord. We're still alive. Thank you, Lord. We still have our passports. Thank you, Lord. We can still go on to the States and back to India. And uh, we rejoiced before the Lord. And as we did that, God, God turned the situation and just a real joy was bubbling up in our hearts. And, and then later on in the States when we were there, God, everything that had been stolen was wonderfully replaced and more. And so, you know, God is good. God, and there is power in rejoicing. All right, our second point in this message, number two, is pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. To pray without stopping. Pray without ceasing. And Paul is encouraging these young Christians to pray without ceasing. And they'd only been saved a short time. Paul is writing to them, and he says, pray without ceasing. Now, obviously, he doesn't mean that they're to be on their knees 24-7, all day and all night. But it's an attitude of heart, so that we're in like continual prayer. Prayer is, is like, it's like breathing. It's like our, our vital breath, like the air we breathe. Prayer is communication with the living God. What a, what a privilege that we can, we can talk, we can communicate with the living God. Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, he said, Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart, not to faint. And James 5, 16 tells us that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It is much power in its effect. Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes things. Prayer is our protection from temptation. A praying person leaves sin behind, but a sinning person leaves prayer behind. John Wesley, the famous preacher and prayer, prayer warrior, said, God does nothing on earth but in answer to believing prayer. It was prayer that saved Peter's life, the Apostle Peter's life. In Acts chapter 12, Herod was persecuting the church. He had killed the Apostle James, and then he put Peter in prison, intending to kill him after Passover. In Acts 12 and verse 5, it says, Prayer was, was, was made without, without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And the phrase, without ceasing, it's a Greek word, ektenos, and it means... I mean, not just ordinary prayer, but it's fervent prayer, constant prayer, earnestly praying, praying strenuously. And, and God wonderfully answered this intense prayer of the church by supernatural intervention through an angel. And that angel came and that angel caused the prison doors to open and the angel led Peter out of prison. I mean, an amazing experience that he had. And I want to share just a brief vision, a, a vision of a prayer cup. And a certain church was praying for, 
for God to pour out his spirit in their town to bring revival. A teenage girl there had a vision of, of many angels. They were ready to go. They were dressed for battle. They had their armor on, but they were being restrained. A head angel, or I think it was head angel, or a, a, the Lord was restraining them. And, and they, they wondered why they were being restrained. And then the girl, she saw a cup. It was a big cup holding the prayers, but that cup was not yet full. In other words, it needed more prayer to come forth before those angels could be released and do battle and fight against the principalities and powers and see revival come. And so that the church needed first to continue to pray until that cup was full. Now many of us, during this time of, of the lockdown and the coronavirus, you know, we have more time than usual. And I encourage you not to waste this time, but to, to redeem the time, to make the most of the time, and to press into God, to wait in his presence, and to seek to build up and strengthen your prayer lives. Our final point in this message is in the next verse, 1 Thessalonians 5:18, "In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. A heart of thanksgiving is one of the most powerful keys to experience the life, the presence, and the blessing of God. Thankfulness is a powerful means of transforming ourselves, our circumstances, and brings heaven to earth. Thankfulness is the in internal health of the soul. Thankfulness enables us to soar up as the eagles into the heavenly places, causing us to have the victory over life's problems. Thankfulness also, it releases faith. Jesus healed 10 lepers, but only one returned to give thanks. And Jesus said to him, your faith has made you whole. That's in Luke 17, verse 19. Now, the opposite of thanksgiving, what is that? Unthankfulness, murmuring, complaining. And so many today, so many today are full of murmuring and complaining and are unthankful. We're living in an unthankful generation today. The children of Israel, they had seen the mighty power of God, but they continually murmured, they continually complained, and they were not thankful and did not enter into their inheritance. And like Christians today, we can, we can be saved and know the Lord. But if we're not thankful to the Lord, we, it hinders us moving into the purposes that God has saved us for and the inheritance that he has for us. In Romans 1.21, it gives a long list of sins. And one of them is, it says, neither were they thankful. In 2 Timothy 3, in verse 2, it's speaking of perilous days, and it's speaking of the last days and signs of the last days. And one of the things that Paul mentions there is they were unthankful, unthankful. And this is one of the signs of the, the last days. And in this beautiful verse from 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, everything give thanks. And 
is not always easy, especially in the midst of difficulties, disasters, trouble, but there is the grace of God to enable us. And remember that no circumstances in our lives are by chance if we're committed to the Lord, but they're permitted by God. And, you know, Paul says, he says in Romans 8 verse 28, that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Ephesians 5 and verse 20, it says, giving thanks always for all things. Always for all things. And this, in a sense, is a higher level even than giving thanks in, in all situations. In Ephesians, Paul says, giving thanks for all situations. I want to share an example, which is a story given by Corrie ten Boone. She and her family were, were Dutch. They were wonderful Christians, and they hid many Jews and saved many Jews going to the gas chambers. But eventually they were, they were, they were captured, they were caught by the Nazis, and uh, Corrie and her sister Betsy were taken to a concentration camp. And, and uh, they, were, they were taken there by the Nazis and they were put in, uh, it was in Ravensbrück 28, concentration camp in Germany. And it was a terrible place. It was crowded, there were no mattresses, there was just straw, it stunk, and, and the whole place was just full of lice. And Corrie said to, you know, her Betsy sister, her sister Betty, how can we live here? But Betsy insisted that they thank God for the lice. Corrie was not overjoyed at her suggestion, but as they gave thanks, God met them there. And a mini revival broke out amongst all the women who were packed into that huge room. And they had meetings twice a day. They had worship times. And many, many women came to Christ. And Corey and, and Betsy were leading them to the Lord, were praying with them, miracles happened, and there was quite a, a move of the Lord. And the reason why they could do it is the, guard, the, the, the Nazi guards, they knew there were lice everywhere, and they left them alone, and they kept well away. And because of that, you know, they had services, God moved, and many of those women came to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what a blessing. And, you know, they went to, went to heaven for all eternity. And there are difficult times of isolation right now for many, for many of us. But we must guard our lips and, by the grace of God, practice thanksgiving. We can practice at home. Husbands, you know, be thankful to your wives and for the things they do. And, and express it verbally. Wives, do the same to your husbands. And, you know, children, thank your parents. Parents, appreciate and thank, thank your children for things they do. Don't, don't just think it in your heart, but verbalize it, express it. And as you do that, you know, the joy of the Lord will, will well up within. And remember, we are more than conquerors through Christ. And remember that all things are working together for good to those who love God. And so... I want you, by the grace of God, all of us, and I preach to myself as well, you know, let us be those, by the grace of God, who will rejoice in whatever situation we are in, who will pray without ceasing, 
and who by the grace of God will give thanks in all situations. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious word. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we love you. Oh God, Father, we just thank you for this exhortation of Paul to the Thessalonian believers. And Lord, we pray, oh God, you would help each one listening. Lord, even in a new level, we would be those, Lord, who will rejoice. Lord, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of our situations, help us, Lord, not to focus on the problems, not to complain and murmur, but, Lord, to focus on you, to love you, to rejoice in you. Lord, cause us to be a people, Lord, who will pray, pray constantly, who will pray without ceasing, who will love to pray, love to pray. Lord, I pray, even during these times that we're facing, Lord, help us to develop our prayer lives. Help us, Lord, to meet with you. Lord, help us to wait in your presence. Lord, Lord, show us, Lord, even the power that there is in prevailing prayer. And Lord, we pray, oh God, by your grace, Lord, give us a thanksgiving heart. May we love you. May we thank you in all situations. And Lord, may we be a thankful people in every situation we face. Lord, we ask this in your precious and your wonderful name. Amen.